What are you getting, sorry? Yeah. Hey. hey. What are you getting, sorry? Anyway. Um. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Row podcast. Joining me this week, like every week, is sports media's number one. Number one. Joel Linton and N-Dubs superfan. It's Mr. Michael Preston. Hello. Back once again. Like the Renegade Master. Also here, Mr. Pod Ross. Hello. And also here, he is the Mosley Marauder, or as he's now known, the Jackal, Mr. David Harris. Hi, Will. Uh, good, to, good to hear from you, Dave. Worried about you. <laughs> <sighs> Favourite Alicia Dixon song, Dave? Going in there, that one, like way tougher where it's called. Trick question. It's the boy does nothing. Oh, that's the one. Fun fact. Um, welcome to uh, the annual 1 to 20s. Clap it up for us. We're here again. We've made it to another season. Um, as everyone knows, this is Mike Bresson's favourite episode um, of the year. He, he did rather not be here the rest of the year, but for this one, he likes being here, mainly so he can remind himself in about nine months' time of uh, what he said. <laughs> Brighton won from last year a particular highlight, eh, Mike? Yeah, there's a few teams that I, again, don't know any players of. <laughs> they're not called Brighton this year. Good so stuff. Good. Um, if you're new here, you don't know how, how we do this. Um, so these three chuckleheads uh, send their 1 to 20s to me in advance of the podcast. I tally them up. You get, if you if you, they're predicted as, if you predicted at first place, you get 20 points. If you predicted second, you get 19 and so on and so on. You get placed based on the total. If we get to the point where there are ties, as there are in a couple of positions on this year's podcast, um, we bring it to the podcast and these guys get to convince me. I am coming with heavy bias <laughs> and heavy takes, but we'll get that as we go further on. The idea is to quickly wrap around every different team in the league, give them a bit of a shine and try and spend the whole time not talking about um, our own teams. However, as long-time listeners to the podcast know, that this is, in fact, the Brighton podcast. Uh, we liked them before they were cool, uh, including one year where we spent a long time talking about what we thought um, Glenn Murray would do. <laughs> and you just sort of sat there going, really, we just spent 30 minutes of our life talking about Glenn Murray getting service in the box. Really, have we done that? But we have. Um, let's start. Unless anyone's got anything they want to talk about 1-20 to 20 before, and you want to tell me how hard you found it this year? That's probably a good place to start. Anyone want to volunteer? I thought this was the easiest, and we were discussing before in the preamble, which you won't have heard, that we th- I think anyway, and I think Ross agrees, that there's a distinct top 10 and a distinct bottom 10. And the bottom 10 could be anywhere. And the top 10 a little bit after about third or fourth, maybe, is also a bit of a jumble, but I didn't think it was too bad this year. I didn't think it was too bad, but I, I still not very happy with what I've done already. But yeah, as Mike said, yeah, I was pretty happy that the top ten were the top ten and the bottom ten were the bottom ten. I know a lot than the bottom two, maybe, which I'm reasonably happy with. Eleven through through eighteen. I mean, it's an absolute mess down there. Yeah, I found the same, uh, like Mike says. I think, yeah, top 10 is a bit more clicker and the bottom 10 are then 
19th and 20th, they could finish anywhere, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Uh, I think I've got a problem with every team in the league this year. Like, for the first time, like I sat there like doing the top 10 and I'm like, I agree with you, there's a massive, I mean, there's an actual disparity this year, it's quite ridiculous. Um, but I sat there at the top 10 and I'm like, right, each and every single one of you I've got a problem with, which didn't happen last year. Like, the last couple of years I've been sat there going, yeah, Liverpool are really good. Uh, Man City are really good, they're almost flawless. And now it's a bit more open, which is probably going to lead to a better season, isn't it? A lot of fun, hopefully. Um, now, long time listeners to the podcast will remember Norwich. And I remember me and Mike arguing with Dave about Norwich and arguing about how Dave wanted Norwich to spend a lot of money. And we were like, why we didn't like want Dave to spend a lot of money. Now, that argument has already occurred this year, just not on the podcast. And this time it was about Luton. Now, Dave doesn't think Luton are going to be very good. I don't think any of us think Luton are going to be very good because we all unanimously picked them as being bottom. They've got a whopping total of three points, which might actually be their end score for the season. But I don't feel right letting anyone else talk about Luton first without letting David Harris tee off on them. So, Dave, take it away. Yeah, I mean, there's not really any Prem experience in the whole team. Um, I mean, they've definitely... I mean, in fairness to them, they've signed some players who are championship players who they wouldn't have been able to sign if they were still in the championship. So... For them, they've probably made some good signings like Ryan Giles, uh, definitely marvellous Nakamba. Um, they got Kabore on loan from Man City, who could be good. Um, but yeah, when you look at the spine of the team, it's it's pretty dicey, some of the players that they could have. Um, some of the players in that, you're a bit like, oh, I can't believe these guys are playing in the Championship. <laughs> and now the same guys are going to be playing in the Premier League. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they'll give it a good go, but I just, I, I really worry for them. It could get quite embarrassing. Um, the the one thing I think that may help them is obviously they're a team on the up. Like obviously it's Luton in the Prem. I imagine at first there's fairly good feel about it. it I guess it just depends how their results go. Um, but if they start getting destroyed every week which is pretty likely uh they could could be putting derby's record in some sort of competition to be honest yeah looking at their um predicted first 11 it's looking pretty tough down at luton <laughs> pretty tough over there really tough talk me through it mike how many okay, names well, do you recognize uh two right i i marginally know rudder companzi and I've heard of Tahif Chong because of the Man U connection and Nakamba. The rest of them, I don't know who they are. Uh, and it's not a it's not a Brighton one where I trust them to be, uh, or at least a little have a little trust in them to be decent. I, yeah, they, I think they're going to be bottom or scrapping for bottom with uh, who I'm assuming we're going to talk about next. So enjoy the season, Luton fans. Have some fun. Hopefully. Uh, you can come back up the season after. But Norwich, after we said they shouldn't spend much, they fucked it last year. And sorry, it, explicit tag. In, in our defence, we did say they should spend the second time. 
could be like the first That's time. True, maybe yeah. not. Um, Dave, is there anything at all people should look out for from Luton? Any ray of hope that you think could be interesting for the season? Well, I mean, <laughs> looking at their defence, you'd hope that's tough. What 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 I can see is them being or at least trying to be entertaining. Because if I'm if I'm Rob Edwards, you're not building this team up to sit behind the ball. I mean, it's what they're going to have to do, but not in a Sean Dyche way. I think what they're going to have to try and do is like actually counter, get up the pitch quickly. They don't want to be holding on to the ball. Uh, especially at the back, their centre-backs, I'm sure, as it will unravel. Probably, I think they're going to play, play a back five. I promise you now, those three centre-backs will be the worst three prem, Premier League centre-backs you've seen play together. They are fucking terrible. None of them are good on the ball. They're, they're fine if it's in the Premier League like 10 years ago. But, oh my God, it's going to be grim. So, basically, their ray of hope is they have some decent strikers. They have some pretty quick wingers. They could be fun going forward. Um, that's pretty much all I've got. There's not going to be too much. <laughs> the keeper might be good when he has to make 15 saves every game. That could be a ray of hope. An Aaron Ramsdale-type situation. Yeah, pretty much, uh, honestly. Um, he gets replaced after two seasons. Honestly, yeah, I'm gonna definitely. be, I, I'm gonna be so shocked if they hit even like twenty points. So shocked. <clears throat> so I don't know you like it... him, Dave. <laughs> what did Derby get? Was it nine? Eleven. 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 Yeah. Okay. Who did? Anyone remember who they beat? Uh, Newcastle. It was Newcastle. Bring that up. You know how I research that Wikipedia. Keep that in mind for when we talk about Newcastle. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> get one in, get one, get one in early. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Dave's not looking forward to Luton. I'm sure we'll revisit Luton and a discussion about uh, their transfers in the next coming, coming months. Um, by the what, way, what transfers? Uh, yeah, the lack of. <laughs> do you reckon, what do you reckon people will talk about more? Luton's ground and or uh, Brighton players putting their studs on the football? Oh, Luton's ground. It's Luton's ground. I've seen so many threads about these studs though already. I'm, I'm sick of it. They're like, oh, look, Joel Beltman's put his studs on the ball. I'm like, I don't care. Um, Sky must be sal- salivating, by the way, at the prospect of what having like, um, I don't know, Bruno Fernandes or something turning up, Harland or something to going up through someone's flat, Kenilworth Road. It's going to be liquid, isn't it? Liquid. Speaking of liquid, Dave, I'm coming to you again. I want you to talk to me about Sheffield United. Oh, God. I want you to talk to me about the, about what's happened with their uh, that transfer. You know the one I'm talking about. So, with Sheffield United, the only hope I have for them over Luton is that these guys, most of them have played in the Prem before. At this point, it's pretty much the only thing that makes me have any more confidence in them than Luton. Having said that, They've come into the season lost their best player, Ilman and Die, has gone to Marseille. Hilariously, Billy Sharp got released, club legend number 10. They filmed this massive video about Ndai signing a new deal and having the number 10. Billy Sharp was in it. In the video, he hands over the shirt and Ndai does it. Two days later, he signed for Marseille and they never actually released it. Uh, but people, it, 
people had it, but it never actually got posted by the club. Hilarious. Uh, also, Sander Ber- Berger, Burge, Burger. I feel like everyone calls him Burger. Uh, anyway, spectacularly so all of a sudden. Eh? He's their best midfielder, uh, and this week I've read that Burnley are apparently selling him for twelve million. So that's good. <laughs> Your best midfielder is going to one of the other newly promoted teams, um, which means I think they're going to have like Norwood, John Flack, oh, and some someone else in midfield, and that didn't work last time they were up. Uh, so it's more of the same with them. The defence, again, most of them have played in the Prem. Uh, I will say differently to Luton's centre-backs. I actually quite like Sheffield United centre-backs. Um, obviously, you've got Egan, who's played before in the Prem. Um, Ahmed Hodzic is a really good player. Uh, I'm pretty sure he'll end up... I'm pretty confident he'll be fine in the Prem and he'll end up going to a better team than Sheffield United. Uh, and they signed Trusty as well from Arsenal, who was really good at Blues last year. Obviously, it's a step up to the Prem, but yeah, I have more confidence in them. But if I'm honest... The only reason I've got Sheffield United 19th is just because they have the experience. Most of these guys played in the Prem for two seasons. Even if it was Ryan Brewster with zero goals or one goal in like 37 appearances. Um, after my glowing preview of how I'm good gonna put, going to be. I'm going to put that part back on this feed. And Ollie, Ollie McBurney, by the way, the last time they are in the Prem, 0 for 28. Right. Fun fact. Sheffield United were on seven points because two people had them in 19th, but some brave, brave soldier had them in 18th. So still thinks they're getting relegated, but thinks they're slightly better. Mike? Yeah, I actually would like to swap that. So, yeah, uh, they're, they're the second worst team in the league. And I think I agree with Dave that it's, it's only because we've seen a few of them before that we think they might be better than Luton. It's a toss up. They're both crap. I think they're both going down. I had them above and then I've done a, it between me sending you that and I've done a bit more research that includes Sheffield United and I'm so out on them now. They could they could be the worst, but, but we've heard of a few of them. So, Dave, who coaches them? That's a great question. Sorry, uh, this is my other thing. Uh, unfortunately, it's Paul Hagingbottom. So <laughs> I know who it is. I just wanted to wind you up. Yeah, he's not <laughs> going to be good in the Premier League. <laughs> good, good stuff. At some point, by the way, not on this podcast, we've got a lot to get through. I do want to talk about Leeds hiring Daniel Fark, which completely passed me by. And I'm like, Daniel Fark is just a German Jesse Marsh. Like, just doesn't know how to set up the midfield. They're a disaster. Anyway, um, up next. With 10 points, so a little better. Um, two of you had these people getting relegated. One of you had them slightly higher. It's Wolves. Um, who's low on Wolves and wants to talk about Wolves? I'm low on Wolves and happy to talk about Wolves. Honestly, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, a like a, it's like a Christmas carol, but instead of Christmas cheer, he's just bringing shit. Sorry, uh, I will let someone else speak. I mean, higher up the table. I probably have less to say than the new guys, but with Wolves, uh, they've got obviously the Botta guy. They got him in. 
obviously oh, seemed a really yeah we knew i was gonna say i it. need I you to wrong. try again i need you to try again come on well now i'm overthinking what i had ross say lobotomy okay move on he's out of lobotomy my god is right. he leaving by the way yeah this is the thing he seemed a good hire they had this plan of how to basically implement what he wanted and build but financial fair plays got in the way of that they haven't been able to re-sign any of the players that he wanted he's openly criticized them a couple of times saying that him and the like director of football have, has sat down and they've got a short list everyone that they want to sign the owners are like no no we can't do that they obviously lost Navas. um they lost Nathan Collins to Brentford, which, to be honest, will hurt them, given they already were struggling with centre-back options. They lost to Dharma Traore. They lost, they've lost a few players uh, like Jimenez. Yeah, not brilliant, but someone that had been there for ages. And they haven't really been able to sign anyone. I've, they made like three or four bids to Alex Scott, and it seems he's off to Bournemouth now. It seems like they can't get anything right. They've signed Matt Doherty, who despite my billing of being brilliant at left-back, has had a pretty tragic few years since he left uh, Wolves. So it's not really it's not really much of a coup, is it? Signing a 31-year-old Matt Doherty when no one else wants him. Um, and obviously, they were struggling to score goals last year. And they're left with the, the well less options than they had last year. They've just got Fabio Silva, who you're hoping... Well, I'm hoping, because this idiot drafted him actually on fantasy football. Um, you're hoping that he might score, because he scored at PSV and Anderlecht fairly well last season. But he's still, you know, not brilliant in the Prem. And then they've got Kaladzic, I think his name is, who literally did his ACL on his debut last year. Um, so it can't really be any worse of a season for him. But, they, yeah, they were struggling to score goals. They were a bit leaky at the back and they've lost defenders and they've they've lost strikers and they've not really been able to add to the team at all. The team is, the squad is probably the smallest in the pram. Um, it's absolutely tiny. A couple of injuries and they will literally be playing like under 23s or youth players. And it looks like he's going to leave and they're on about getting Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill was a bit fraudulent for me. Really, there was plenty of games where they threw away big leads. Looked like they were getting three points and got none a couple of times. And the only wins they sort of got were over like a bad Leeds team. They only beat Leicester because Madison made a mistake. They gifted them a goal. If you actually look at their wins with Gary O'Neill, it was basically against all the other teams that were down there. And some of them were lucky. So them hiring him for this full season, perhaps, doesn't give me any confidence of someone getting loads out of these players. Um, and honestly, if Sheffield United and Luton weren't in the league, maybe I'd have put them 19th or 20th. I think I think this is going to be a massive reality check for them as a club. Um, a bit like Leicester last season. I've just... I just think they're doomed. <laughs> Unless something mirac- miraculous happens. I had them going down too, for what it's worth. Yeah, I, I think there's no goals there at all. Yeah. And they've lost their best player, Neves, who was their top scorer as well, tragically, with six last year. Um, it's 
I mean, they look at it. Nunes is their best player that they've got, and he was okay last year. Oh, he's a show pony. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I love him. He's the ultimate. He's the ultimate like breed of that new number eight that we sort of have in modern football, where they don't score enough goals and they don't defend well enough, yeah. but they keep the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's he's basically. If Kovacic is like normal Cathedral City, he's like Cathedral City light. If that makes sense. <laughs> anyway. Um, Tough place to be. The good news for the Wolves fan is that Craig Dawson, 90% to start for the weekend. So that's good. I was sat here with the Wolves gone over seeing Craig Dawson. I'm like, yeah, how long? How long until this comes out? Um, let's move on. Uh, I've got next 17 with a huge 13 points. Um, the F. Pretty unanimously low on the Ev, but we've got them as comfortably staying up. Um, does anyone want to take it? I say comfortably staying up. They're in like 16th, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. 17th or whatever. They're going to be in this area. It's a bunch of people we know about. I do, uh, I kind of like the sign of Dan Juma. I think that's good. Their problem, again, is likely to be scoring goals. We saw... How difficult they found that last year. Mope did nothing. Calvert-Lewin was injured for long periods. And when he did come back, didn't look like the same guy that we'd seen in previous seasons. Um, I think I was maybe a bit higher than, than the other two on, on Everton, only by a place or two, so not, not by much. But I think they'll be pretty solid at the back. Dice has had a full um, pre-season with them now. Their midfield is better than what we've seen so far. And I think if Dan Juma can do some bits, McNeil's around, who uh, Dice seems to get the best out of at the end of last season, if he can bag a few, hopefully Calvert-Lewin looks like a bit of a better player. And apparently they're, bring, they're looking at or bringing in a uh, new striker from abroad as well. So fingers crossed between these sort of players, they can find enough to stay up. Um, I think they'll just about be all right, which is about where we have them. Probably 15th to 17th-ish, I would say. Yeah, this is where I had him. Totally agree that goals are going to be the problem. Uh, Calvert-Lewin hasn't quite got back to the level that we had seen from him, and he's been so injured, you just can't rely on him. Mope's been awful. Uh, Damari Gray and McNeil, as you said. Dan Juma... Obviously, he was at Spurs last year. We didn't really see too much from him. So, on paper, yeah, look, looks like he could be a good player. Um, I think they just, I think it's just the case they've got a bit more than the teams below them, for me. So I think they'll probably just about be all right. I think they've got some good players. Yeah, Onana. I, I like. Yeah, I really look. I really like Onana. I think there's. Um, I think someone is going to buy Onana. And it's going to be one of them where you're like, oh, he was Everton. You know, he, he looks a really good player. He can do a bit of everything. Um, the thing for Calvert-Lewin and the real problem for Calvert-Lewin in the state where Everton are, Calvert-Lewin's the, t- the type of striker he is. He thrives off being in a better team. And I just don't think there's enough quality around him that even if he is fit, that he's going to be able to score a lot of goals. But that, with this all said, with all these caveats, I think this is probably a better squad than the... Burnley squad, Sean Dyche had in Europe. So if you want to tell me that they get as high as 13th because of Sean Dyche's gravelly magic, I'm there. Talk to me. I back it too. Yeah, like, I, totally agree. I would be surprised, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be like, 
Oh my god. This squad is definitely better than the Burnley squad. The difference being Burnley had a few people who could put it in the net a bit more often, in like Barnes and who else was there? They could they J-Rod. found a way. Yeah, they found a way to goal between them. So if if you can find me? that out of someone or a few at Everton. Pencil Alex Awobi in for eight Premier League goals by August. There you go. Yeah, pencil it in. <laughs> pencil it in. The, like, the lightest pencil as possible. Do not get the pen out. In fact, in fact, just like a bit of like some graphite shavings on there, you'll be all right. Um, 16th, we've got Bournemouth. Um, somebody had them getting relegated. Does that somebody want to come forward and explain why? That was me. I don't like the, the firing of Gary O'Neill. At all. Different to what, a little bit different to what Dave said, and I appreciate what he said, and he's probably right. But the turnaround from Scott Parker's Bournemouth to Gary O'Neill's Bournemouth was pretty stark. They picked up way more points, even if some of them were a bit fraudulent. Um, Clearly, in other games, like Dave was saying, they spurned a few as well. The squad is, yeah, I don't like the squad at all, really. I don't, yeah, on paper, it's it's shit, to be honest. They do at least have Billing, who's okay, and Solanke can sometimes find his way to goal. They can accidentally score a couple, so you've got a chance. If you can, if, again, if they can get goals out of Solanke, if Brooks can stay fit and be anything like he used to be, you've got a chance of being higher where the other lads have him. I am not sure, I believe in them enough I think the Wolves would be I think they're on about par with Wolves so this is ish the range I'd have Everton above Bournemouth I don't even know did I have that yeah I did (laughs) yeah yeah so that's fine I can say that you had Bournemouth 19th Mark so you had a lot of teams higher (laughs) I don't think they're good and I think the sacking was a mistake but that's that's what I think yeah. Um, um, oh, go on, Dave. I actually had Bournemouth thirteenth. I I actually think they're they're going to be okay. Um, the guy they they hired, um, what's his name? Ari, 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 oh God, I'm going to get it wrong. Ariola, is it? Ariola, something like that. Uh, he did a really good job at Rio Vallecano. Uh, in the Liga, so yes, admittedly not the Prem, but at least he's got some decent um, like decent background and is relatively like a, a good upcoming young manager. Um, I also I also don't mind that squad. Um, they also signed Justin Cliver, who I think he's not bad, honestly, for a player down there. Um, obviously, I remember when he was First, that like Ajax, it looked like he was gonna be unbelievable, but I think he's gonna be a good player for for Bournemouth anyway. Um, they also signed a few young players last season who didn't really get to play that much, like Zabani, um, Hamad Traore as well. Um, I think those sort of players could could come good. Um, that Dango Watara they signed in January last year looked really good. Uh, at the end of last season. Yeah, I just think they've got a lot more going for them than some of the other teams down there. Um, And I do think they actually have a bit of depth, which 
yeah, uh, most of the teams down there don't even seem to have that. Like, don't get me wrong, like their striker options are still Solanke, Kiefer Moore, Antoine Semenyo. But, but having said that, there's other teams down there that have way worse options. Um, and I think the way Bournemouth were playing at the end of the last season, again, yes, Garo Neal. That there was clearly in my opinion, they were showing promise, but they just weren't coached well enough, which was why they were being sloppy. Um, yes, and it came down to the players, but the game management was all wrong. And honestly, I always believe that comes from the people in the dugout, not the people on the pitch. So I, I think them having a better manager there, I think that could be good for them. However, like I said before we did this, some of these teams could finish anywhere. Bournemouth is definitely one of those teams. Uh, we could get to the end of the season and they're 18th or 19th, but they could also be 11th or 12th. I just personally think they have a lot more going for them than some of the other teams down there. Uh, I, this is what put them 13th. I think you're being super harsh on Gary O'Neill, to be honest, firstly. I mean, I think they were primed to go down. And he did really well to keep them up after what Scott Parker was doing there. I think that they've gone for this guy who's got a great record with smaller sort of teams in Spain, who plays like a high high press kind of football. I think that's why they swapped. I, like Mike, disagreed that they should have got Navonia after what he did last year. But they wanted a bit of an identity, I think. Um, but it's difficult for a team down there to try and bring an identity like that and do well. I, I Like Dave, I'm a bit higher on them, I think, than than Mike, because I do think their squad is is okay. Yeah, I mean, it's going to go one of two ways. I mean, and I'm just backing that it's going to be better for them for what than, it's, than worse. For yeah. what it's worth, I think Bournemouth are going to be absolutely pony. I'm completely with Mike. I think they're going to be shocking. Like, you, you talk about their squad, like... <laughs> the squads are all shit down there. But yeah, but we want to talk about. Yeah, we, I, we're not convinced that Everton are going to score goals. Like <laughs> they have way more. Than I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced Bournemouth are going to score goals. I, mean, I haven't put them that high up the league. I've only put them like, one place above Everton. No, but I, I think Bournemouth are Bournemouth are going to be bad, and I'm interested. To, I mean, I I think. No, every team should want to have a culture and want to grow and change their identity. And what we're ultimately talking about is doing a Brighton, in which is what Brighton did over the years. When they moved from Hooton, they went to Potter, and Potter slowly, gradually implemented the style in which you don't score in goals. Um, what it's worth, we didn't like that at the time either. I think me and you did, but we didn't. But, I definitely didn't. But I think, I th- I was correct, me from, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Hewton move wasn't... They'd been in the league for two years or so, hadn't they? They felt a little more... Not stable, but they felt like they had a bit more... They've had a bit more of a churn. Whereas Bournemouth doing it after a year is interesting. I'm not saying it's the wrong move. It's just interesting. But I think they could be caught cold because of that. I mean, yeah, it's a case of players... Try and play better football or do something you know has just kept you up and doesn't look as good, but might be a bit better. I for what it's, what it's worth... I mean, Bournemouth did it and it worked for a while. And then it, it didn't. I'd have them I'd have them 13th if they took Philip Billing off corners and stuck him in the box. <laughs> that won't be the last time you hear that this season. Me and Mike will be on it. Oh, it certainly yeah. won't. <laughs> um, okay, right. 
14th and 15th, we've got a tie, so we've got to break it down. Um, the tie between Burnley and Forest. Um, again, my second favourite moment of last year was Mike discovering that Steve Cooper had been uh, given a vote of confidence to the new contract by the board. That's <laughs> amazing. Um, right, so I'm looking at this. Um, Ross had Burnley the highest. And Mike and Dave both had Forrest in the same place. So who wants to make the case for Burnley? I guess that would be you, Ross. Burnley, how do you feel? Yeah, um, I mean, they had one of the highest points tallies ever in the championship. I know that doesn't always translate, um, but they're certainly playing different kind of football to what they were when they were up, uh, up with Daesh. Um, I, I just, I like... Um, I like Vincent Company, and I think they're going. He's going to be a good coach for them in the Prem. Um, and I just don't with Forest. This it's such a jumble of players. It's changing all the time. Um, I just I I don't know. I know uh, Burnley without um, I forgot his name. Will the Chelsea uh, Chelsea lad who was on line? Jan Matson. Yeah, they haven't got him. They bought that keeper from from City, but he's he's not played above League One, is it? I think. Um, so that could be interesting. Look, but again, it's, it's a bit similar to Bournemouth. The, uh, the, was it the Euros and the twenty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he won it's it. Worth, he won I it think he's good. Run. Yeah, yeah. He looked both good keepers are pretty there. solid. It's yeah. a big step up if he's going to come and start for them in the Prem. Um, Agreed. From what I can see, that Murich who they had last year is going to start at least to begin with. Okay. And, and Trafford, I think, is the other guy that can work him in. Trafford, yeah. Again, not too familiar with a lot of the names here. I'm sure I'll, I'll get a bit more familiar. But like Ross said, kind of trust Vincent Company and and the the way they were playing last year should translate pretty well to to the Premier League. I had. Forest 14th and Burnley 15th. So in the, these exact spots is where I had them. Slightly higher on Forest, I think, just because seen it before. They've only made two signings this window or, or something around that number. So a lot less than the the total madness that they were doing last year. I think that's going to help. Another pre-season for Cooper is good. I really like him. I think they're actually made the right decision even though at the time I was shocked that they made the right decision <laughs> uh, to, to extend him he's a good young manager um, and the signs were good that they can at least at home anyway put, put together enough points that will probably should keep them in the league again I think again for them it's going to be massive their home form because their away form was awful last year so they really have to keep the fortress um, fortress at home. Dave, tell me a little bit about Burnley because I'm not convinced by him. Why, sh- why should I be convinced, you reckon? Uh, or why shouldn't I, if you want to go well, that way? Yeah. First, I was going to say I had exactly the same positions as Mike um, with Forest 14th, Burnley 15th. I think the one thing with Burnley is, uh, I mean, like Ross says, they're really good in the championship. But how many times have we seen that before? Like Norwich, obviously, prime example. Um, however, I do rate Company as a coach. I think he's going to be... I think he's... I don't know. 
I just think the fact that he was like the captain of City and stuff as well. I, I, I honestly, I know it's not translated really actually with Gerard and Lampard, but I feel like company's the right mould of a person where he could probably bring some of that leadership into to management as well. I think the football he plays is is decent, obviously, with Burnley, the way they try to play. Um, they're very confident on the ball. Hopefully, that can translate to the Premier League in a positive way, rather than like Norwich, where they're too confident on the ball, but the opposition is way of a way better standard. So they don't get away with a stray pass or someone holds on to the ball too long and gets tackled. And that, uh, Yeah, I'm more hoping that it comes good. But having said that, I do think their team is is pretty decent. Um, they've got some really good young players. Uh, a guy called Sorori um, that, that they had, he was really impressive last year. Uh, Man- Manuel Benson as well, really good player. Um, they also have, um, obviously they signed Trafford, which seems smart. Murich, for what's worth, if he plays, he's a pretty decent keeper as well. Like Obviously, he was at City for for a good number of years, played in the Cups and stuff for them. So he's hardly hardly a bad keeper to have there. Um, yeah, I just, I just think that this could work. Having said that, what I will say in terms of doubts, they still have some players like Charlie Taylor, Jack Cork, Goodmanson, Jay Rodriguez. Um, you know, they're all getting... Love Jack Cork, by the way. All, no, really like, is the good old days, isn't it? With those, I, I love the Jack good old Cole. days. However, they're all like, they're all a bit older now. I don't know how useful they'll be. Maybe in the dressing room, but not so much on the pitch. They obviously Dave. signed Nathan Redmond, who is decent enough, but obviously, like we've seen, Dave. Well, yeah. Here's what I want you to add, because my, this is where sure. it's, this is where it comes down to me when I'm predicting the people down there. Right, it's the same at the top. Who's going to score? Have they got a player who can score 10 to 12 goals? Because I look yeah, at Forrest. Honestly, Zorori uh, will, will be great. Are you more confident that he scores more goals than any combination of Gibbs, White and Awanyi? Because them two, look, I look at both of them and I think to myself, Gibbs, Gibbs White's probably good for about 15 or so goal involvements throughout the season. And Awanyi's probably good for about 10 to 12 have they got players who can do that? On, yeah, honestly, Benson, Zorori were both really good last year. Um, for what it's worth as well, I know it didn't work out from a, a Man U, but you never know with even Veghorst, to be honest. Like, it could work. He's going out on loan. Oh, is he? Well, 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 fair so enough. You've convinced me. We'll put Burnley in it. We'll put Burnley in over them. You've got it, Oh, well, well, no, but I was just... I, Dave had Forrest over. I was about yeah, to say, yeah, I wasn't Robert. saying that. You just asked me to. <laughs> Too late, Dave. I still think Forrest will finish above Burnley. Why? Why? Because I think Forrest were decent enough last year. Like Mike says, it's a lot more stable this year. They don't have like 30 players coming in. He got to a fairly settled 11, and the two players you mentioned, Gibbs White and Alanoye, they came really good. So did Brennan Johnson. I think Alanga's a really smart signing, actually. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think he'll be really good um, for them. And, yeah, they yeah they managed to get to a pretty settled team. They haven't really had any departures, and they've managed to add a bit more quality to it as well. So, I don't... You, you yeah, convinced I don't, me, Dave. 
Burnley, yeah, 14, Forest, really 15. How they go backwards. Good, good. Um, Did Steve Cooper make it the end of the season, by the way? Do we think? If he survived last year, he's surviving this year, I reckon. If they finish 14th, he'll be there. Definitely. He's getting sacked. It, it's just, it just feels like a thing. Uh, doesn't he have like a six-year deal or something? Yeah, it just feels like a thing, though. Um, Charlie Taylor, their only left-back, by the way, in the squad, Burnley. Oh, we can give him one. Do they want a Spanish one? <laughs> um, up next, oh, I hope you're not getting sick of Dave, ladies and gentlemen, because it's his team, Palace, in 13th. Right, um, hold on. Dave? Yeah, I Palace. have Palace. You've got Palace really low. Why? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do have them low. You don't believe in Tyrick Mitchell anymore? No. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. I think I think the problem is with Palace is they've lost Zaha. They obviously signed uh, Fra- Franca, the the Mathias Brazilian Frank- guy Mathias who's like Frank. 19. Uh, who? Yeah, could be a good player, but. Is he going to step up? Probably not. Would be a big ask. They still have strikers that can't really score more than six goals a season. Um, they're lucky if they get six, to be honest. Yeah. And also, Guaita, who's their main keeper, basically isn't happy that in pre-season, Hodgson's been playing Sam Johnston, and now he's basically refusing to play. He's basically said, keep me as number one, or I'm not, I'm not playing, I'm not sitting on the bench. Uh, which is interesting because Sam Johnson was okay at West Brom, but it was one of those keepers where it was like, is he actually okay or does he look okay? Because he has so many shots to deal with, he's going to make a fair amount of saves. Um, so I'm not massively convinced if they end up with Sam Johnson goal for the season. They also Do we think Goaita was that good then? Sorry? Do we think Goaita was that good? I think he's definitely better than Sam Johnston, for what it's worth. Guaita, admittedly, probably isn't as good as he used to be, but he's, he's not awful. I'm, a, I'm about to be really reductive on Palace, but I, I'm not worried about Palace behind the ball. I'm not really asked about that, because that's not where Palace would, will sink and die for me. I think my biggest worry for Palace, obviously they've lost Wilf Zahar. That if can't they be lose Elise. Yeah, and this, this yeah. is the second thing. Elise's got... Um, a hamstring injury till October, but the talk is that either City or Chelsea are going to buy him. Like, if you look at Elise's numbers, he averages like he averages an assist every three games. And as we've just discussed, he's playing with perhaps the worst crop of strikers that haven't worn Chelsea's number nine. Like, <laughs> this guy is just different class. So if they lose him, you then ask it. You then looking at Franca to sort of bed in. Um, they've been playing a central midfielder wide right in pre-season. I just, the talent there doesn't feel right to me. I'm I'm low on Palace, but Mike Ross, you've got Palace um, a little higher, kind of around the same places. What do you think? Any any bright spots for the two of you? Or is it a case of everyone else's shit? I think, again, it's pretty much that. I think, yeah, if, if Elise does go, uh, I think they could really struggle. I think Eze is brilliant, and I think he'll... he'll Step up and take on some of the Wolf Sahar burden. Um, yeah, but good. again, I think goals are just going to be an issue. I'm not too worried about them defensively, as you say, Will. But like, are you Mateta, Edward? Like, if they get you six between them, I'll be shocked. Like, I just think Eze is that good that 
he's going to pull some things out of the bag. And same with the Leafs. Eh? If they got them two, that's two players good enough, I think, to keep them up to sort of where we're at. But, yeah. Just a bunch of Prem pros, aren't they? If they can find, dig enough goals out of somewhere, they'll be all right. Oh, with it. Hodgson, I'm not worried. I'm, I'm not. Is he there, isn't he? He is. Yeah, yeah, he's still yeah. there. I'm just not worried about them at all. Dave, uh, I'm going to make a prediction right now. David Harris will have Lewis Hall, who's about to go on loan as his young player of the season. <laughs> I like it. He's, he's going to Palace. Yeah, he's going to Palace, which yeah, is why he's picking it. Um, Playing on the to, left of Palace. Yeah. To play midfield, I think, is what's going to happen. Um, right, up next is West Ham, 12th. Um, let me look at this. You guys are pretty much aligned on these. Dave had them highest. Um, either Michael Ross or the lowest. I can't tell my handwriting. Um, who wants to talk about West Ham quickly? They're not very interesting, other than the fact that they've lost Rice. And they've got the European football as well because they won the Conference League. They've got the Europa League, haven't they? So That's a concern for me. Because Skamaka's gone, be- although he, was, he wasn't good. That leaves you with Antonio, who also is really fallen off I mean who has also fallen off I feel like we're saying this about every team but (laughs) they score goals I mean I'm not it genuinely is the key though for like the bottom 10 Uh, yeah you find enough goals yeah well they've got Bowen who's reliable so Bowen we like I think Paqueta will probably take a step up this year Ben Rama should take a step up as well he should be better it's their central striker is the concern, yeah. Anto- this... You've got a croc, forever injured Antonio or, or Ings who seems to score in bursts and the bursts are getting shorter and shorter now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and the European football concerns me. Their squad's not that deep. But what do we all think of the noise around Moyes? Look at that. Noise no, but he's obviously, he's got, Designs on who he wants to bring in and the guy who is, I think, the former sporting director for Bayer Leverkusen or something. And they seem to, they're not, they're not clashing. And your question is... No, they are clashing. No, they are clashing, sorry. And the thing is with that, for me at least, um, I'm very much of the opinion that you shouldn't give managers all the power because that's how you end up with players like Kaladu Koulibaly playing for your football club. Um, But of the managers who know how to win in the Premier League... I would feel fairly confident trusting a guy who's played over a thousand games. But honestly, I know that West Ham are obviously delighted that they won the European Conference League, which will soon be renamed just a major European trophy. Um, But I've got a feeling they just wanted to sack Moyes anyway, and him winning the Cup has kind of fucked them over a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they're the only Prem team to have made no signings. It was close multiple times, Moyes getting sacked last year. Look, I'm. I don't think he should be close to getting fired. Agreed. But this is. I agree. This is. What? I think if they sack sack him, they could be. They could spiral and get. The problem really is, bad. who are you going to get? I know the whole point of a director of football is they oversee the manager, which so they point the direction of the club. So, in theory, you go with that guy, but no, this no. is a bad idea. Definitely. Every time West Ham sack the guy, they but every time they sack the guy who can play, who can who knows what he's doing to get someone who can play a more progressive style of football, it just doesn't work out. And you just 
Uh, surely there's probably another Pep assistant kicking about that they can have and pretend he's going to be good. You just get these geniuses who play in Didi at number 10 like the other bloke did at the weekend. God. Mavreska. Honestly, oh, I'm just sick of the. I'm sick of hearing Johan Cruyff every time I turn on the TV. Like, oh, you know, bring me back a bruising six nine Kurt Zuma kicking a cat, kicking a ball in the back of that. That's all I'm after. Um, right, we've got them twelve up next. We've got another tie. Um, Fulham and Brentford are tied. Uh, Dave, you had Brentford the lowest. Mike and Ross. Had Fulham had Brentford higher. Dave, you had Fulham a bit higher. Dave, make the case for Fulham. Yeah, I think. Um, well, obviously at this moment in time, Mitro's still there. There was rumours of him wanting to go to Saudi, but he has been involved in their preseason recently. So I'd say that's a pretty good sign for, for him staying. They've obviously held on to all of their players from last year. Um, they were playing some really, really good stuff, especially at the end of the season. Um, and yeah, I'd, they've added a bit of depth to the squad as well. Um, I guess like Raul Jimenez is an awful to to have as a backup. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I just liked them last year, um, and it's more I have a reason for Brentford that they've got weaker, which is obviously Tony's ban. Uh, Tony, obviously a brilliant striker. There was no doubt some games where Brentford were getting points solely because he was finishing a chance that this season, in his absence, someone else may not finish. Um, so it wasn't really, I think, Brentford are worse than Fulham or Fulham are, have changed massively. It's more, this for me, literally just comes down to the fact that Tony's banned until January. And I think, obviously... You never know. Brentford may have uh, whoever they play through the middle, uh, Shard or, or Wisser, be really good. But ultimately, I'm very high on Tony, so I don't believe that someone's going to have the same same impact, which means they might struggle a little bit in the first half of the season. It, for Brentford, it, I just trust Brentford. Like, I I don't obviously without Tony, they're not going to be the same team you'd think but I, I just trust him I, I like Thomas Frank I think he's a really good manager and I, I think they'll get enough points to tide them over and then Tony will be back and still play at least half the games so I just think they've got more than Fulham uh, I don't know what's happened with Mitrovic yeah you say he's been playing or he's been involved in pre-season but uh yeah, it's more just an instinct thing. I just, I like Brentford over Fulham. I think they'll be close, but yeah. I'm going to need you to say something, Mike, before I start saying something outrageous. Okay, well, the my main issue with Fulham is that they're, they brought in a centre-back to take Tim Ream's place. So I'm pretty out on that, if I'm oh, honest. Oh, no, but, that's, that's not good. Yeah, so that's tough. Yeah, Fulham are, Fulham are a pretty solid 11 all round. There's not like any glaring terrible players, I don't think. But again, it comes down to goals. Willian's still there. Willian is a year old, and, and he is great still. He he is actually still really good. I'm scarred, Will. I'm still scarred. Still a little confused that he's still playing. How old is he? Surely he was in line for a Saudi move. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm kind of with with Ross in that. 
he genuinely didn't want to go. Really? He turned it down, yeah. He wanted to stay in London, which is why he didn't get a Forest on their two-year deal they offered him to. Fair enough. He, he's really, William, really good. I just like Brentford more. Like Ross says, I, I have far more faith in the front office than I do at, at Fulham. I just, I, I just prefer looking at that team compared to the Fulham one. Yeah, totally. And and when and for half the season they will have Tony. I know that means half they won't, but he's better than either Mitchell or Raúl Jiménez. So they just edge it for me. That's why I had, I think I had Brentford 10th and Fulham 11th. So again, pretty close, but that's, uh, yeah. So um, people are going to think this is my, I don't like Fulham thing. Um, If you look at the numbers from last year, Fulham overperformed their XG, underperformed unexpected goals against. So they did better on both things. Um, Fulham were solid, but also not great. And, if you remember, the last team to do this was Wolves before last season. Um, at least I think it's the XG against one of the stats. Anyway, I've read it. So I'm not, I think there's probably, we think of them as being really solid. I look at the squad, I'm not overly convinced. And last year, Mitrovic was really good. And I'm not sure if he's going to be really good having only played bits of pre-season. Um, so that's just interesting. The second thing is... Uh, I actually think Ivan Tony's a really good player, but I also think he's slightly overrated in that if you look at the vast majority of his goals, they're to do with um, their penalty goals, which that's a lot of goals that Brentford, in theory, um, if you remove the ones where he's created just by being in the box, um, Brentford could, in theory, have again. Um, so in terms of actually goals from open play, you're not losing quite as much as you first look at on first thing. I mean, I, for one, could not be more excited for how many big chances Brian Moema is going to miss this season. Like, he is going to be just up there doing things. And look, I'll be there. Every Brentford game will be a point of viewing for that reason. Um, Dan's guard, I think, will probably look better this season. I mean, he took a while to bed in last year as well. Uh, I would edge Brentford. Uh, I think they're just solid. I trust them. Uh, the Raya stuff's weird. Um, but equally, I don't think Raya's brilliant. Um, I think Brentford's defence is really good, but I don't think Ryer himself is brilliant. So I'm not too worried about that one. Anyway, we're approaching the 54 mark, for a 54 minute mark, and we haven't talked about Brighton, but we are about to talk about Brighton. We have Brighton in ninth with 39 points. Um, Ross has got Brighton the highest and Mike and Dave have agreed. Ross, why are you high on Brighton? And then Mike, I'm going to ask you to talk about Brighton and then I'm going to tell you why I think they could get relegated. I've already heard Will's pitch for why uh, Brighton could get relegated. Um, I think a lot is is reliant on on whether Caicedo stays or goes. I've put them sort of with him staying, which Charles is probably not. Just because he is there now, so I'm just going to go with that. I don't want to predict based on him going. So, um, I like Deserbi a lot. I think um, players like Matoma, um, they're so good to watch going forward. McAllister's gone, which is going to be a big loss for him. 
they brought in um, uh, 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 João Pedro, um, and I think he'll be good for them. I mean, I love. I'm Danny, literally Danny Welbeck's biggest career fan, but they, they needed someone. I mean, Evan Ferguson, obviously. I think I, I gave him some kind of award last year. Um, a big fan of his as well. But to get another striker who can hopefully put the ball in the back of the net a bit more often than Danny Welbeck um, could be really good for them. Solly March had a good year last year. Um, but, yeah, if, if Caicedo goes, I'm, I'm concerned, to say the least, about their central midfield without McAllister as well. Okay, so the reason I have them ninth, which is that's exactly where I have them, is uh, the extra burden of playing midweeks as well as the weekends. I think they're going to have to rotate at least a little bit to cope with that. And I'm not certain that the squad is deep enough for that. Um, they, ob- they do have backups in some positions, so it's not going to be horrendous. But I think there is definitely a drop-off, which they will have to use throughout this season if they go well in the Europa. They're in the Conference League or the Europa League. I think they're in the Conference League, aren't they? I think Conference League. And then Villa and Villa, West Ham and someone else. We've got eight teams. No, Brighton in the Europa League. Oh, who's it? Who you got the Conference League players? That's Villa, is it? Villa, 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 because the they're going to take. Okay. They could be playing Hibs. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, but yeah. I'm so Thursday, just... Milner. Uh, on, Brighton. Man. Yeah, so that's good for playing the Farmers in the in the Europa League group stage at least. Yeah, the Thursday Sunday is difficult even for the big clubs. It's certainly difficult for clubs like Brighton who just don't have that deeper squad so on that basis that's why I've gone lower literally on that reason I like their first 11 and probably their first 13 14 but they're going to have to be a bit deeper than that this year which is tough I think um I think if we're assuming Caicedo stays which I do agree with you Ross you just pick on the team that's there when you you're doing this which is why I've got Chelsea seller um if you've got if Caicedo goes he leads Brighton in every single off the ball category going and Brighton are very much plug and play because of the way they play with like circuits and stuff. Go on Mike. Uh, Lopetegui has just left Leeds, uh, just left Wolves. Excellent. Right. Luckily we had them getting relegated so I don't think anyone wants to redo that one. Um... So, yeah sorry that's in the middle of the Brighton one but that has just literally just happened. As we that's recorded. okay. Brighton have had enough of a rub on this podcast over the years. Um, Kaiseda leads every off the ball category their midfield's really weak um there's a lot of talk about them signing kudas uh who i like i think he's a really good player can play as an eight as ten and uh up front yeah that's great doesn't help you with the defensive side of stuff um i am tragically worried about left back for them like um uh estupan's really good he can't play every week um they're an injury away across the board from really struggling um last year they were fresh, they were new, it was deserve it was a good feel-good thing. I just don't think you can expect that this year. I just think there's going to be a lot of strains on them. I mean, I do hope I'm proven wrong, 
I do hope Brighton do well this year because they're a, a great example of a well-run club taking advantage of clubs that are abysmally run. But I think what's really key for them is if Evan Ferguson pops, they could be really good, provided they keep hold of Caicedo. But if they lose Caicedo, this is perhaps the biggest test for their recruitment yet because he's an actual genuine, genuinely great player as opposed to the last two big players they've left in Kukurea and Bissouma, who, quite frankly... I'm fairly certain Dave could get a game over. No offence, Dave. It's quite offensive to them. (laughs) Um, Okay, moving on. Um, We've got another tie to break. Um, It's Villa and Spurs. We've got tied both on 41 points. Um, You're going to have to work really, really hard to convince me on this one because I know who I think's better. Um, Spurs first. Who's got Spurs the highest? Not me, I have the mate. I had a ninth. It's, it must be me then. I think it's you then, Mike. Go on. It's um, <laughs> a rare turn of events. Mike Bresson defended Spurs on the podcast. Yeah, don't oh like this situation. <laughs> Ross, you've got okay. those, by the way. Where did I have them? Hold on. They were fifth? Fuck. Fifth, okay. yeah, oh, fifth. Here we go. Oh, boy. This should be fun. Um... No European football compared to a lot of the teams around them. That's massive, I think. That I also had probably Chelsea a bit higher than I would have had them for that exact same reason. Um, and the, and given we're playing Villa off against them, that's a, that to me is an advantage. Uh, I like Ange. The appointment of Ange is good, I think. They should play some decent stuff. They've got Larice out the door, which is fantastic. Um, as we record, Kane is still there, but Bayern are about to come back in with another bid, apparently, which may move the needle. I think Kane will stay and try and beat the Prem record. So I'm obviously, again, we're going off the base of that. I like the front three, Kane, Son, Kulisevsky, if he can stay fit. Everyone seems to think Basuma's going to have a bounce back year, Will, which is funny. Um Madison, I think, is a good signing. The defence is solid-ish, except at the moment we've got Ben Davis listed at centre-back, which I really it's not, don't like. It's not solid, Mike. Yeah, right, uh, Romero's fine, and they've got rid of Lloris, so I'm happy with... Yeah, actually, I'm looking at their d- defence, and it's awful. Who is a doggy when he's at home? Uh, he's he actually supposed to be good. He was okay. amazing, wasn't he? And we can't be playing... I, I, again, we're back to Emerson Royale at right-back or, or Pedro Porro, which we know how I feel about Emerson Royale. Pedro Porus. Yeah. OK, yeah, so the defence is really weak. <laughs> really weak. Um, but I like them going forward, so it should be quite a fun season. If you keep Harry Kane, which is how I'm running this, is that assuming that they're going to keep Harry Kane, then I think there's a real limit to how low Spurs can get given the state of the league and the fact they've got no European football. I mean, the biggest question mark over Spurs is not the defence because it's been crocked for years. Harry Kane will score enough goals to make them look good. Um, It's, is Son done? Because if Son is, if Son has had his Mane moment where he's just done as a high level football player, they're in real trouble because. I don't think he has. Yeah, and I don't think he has too, which is why, Mike, if I was picking a team, I, I had Spurs, I think I had Spurs a bit higher. Um, yeah. Well, I had them, I think, fifth. That's Yeah, that's where I put them. I like, I think Son's going to be good. 
again. And even in a down year, which I'm going to call last season a down year, he still had almost 20 goal involvements, I think, in the league. So yeah. crazy. And that was a yeah. down year for him. Yeah. So I think uh, if you get a better year out of him and Kane stays, they should be decent. But we, we, it is Spurs we're talking about. So Yeah. And if Kane goes, um, God knows what happens to them. Well, that's a real problem. <laughs> because Richard. a real problem. Richarlison's fine, but I mean that's just phew, that is some drop off. Well, yeah, they, you can't replace Kane, so if he goes, they're fucked. No, they'd have been, they just got caned. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's a great YouTube video, just type it in. Uh who wants to be the the nervous Nelly about Spurs? I'll be the nervous Nelly about Spurs. Um I don't think their team's good. <laughs> If I'm honest, um, yeah, Larice obviously wasn't brilliant, but they've just signed a guy who is playing for Empoli. Um, I don't know if he's even that highly rated. He's 26. He's not exactly a youngster. Um, haven't really heard much about him, so I'm a bit intrigued. The state of their goalkeeper situation says it all. Really, the other two keepers they have are two 24-year-olds. Uh, who have never really played anywhere. I'm not sure what they're doing in the Premier League still. Uh, one of them has managed 23 games in the Swedish league uh, in 2021 and 2022. The other keeper had a loan spell where he played five times in the MLS in 2021 and 14 times in Norway. If I wouldn't worry about no them. Good, Vicario's going to be the man. Yeah, but if he gets injured or he's no good, like that is... Beyond not Goal, goalkeepers don't get injured, never. Uh, let's not forget, Larice has been rubbish for years. And fine, anyway, is Fraser Forster still there? Yes. Oh uh, well. So he's the backup, surely. Is he still there? backup? He's first choice. Oh, he is there. It <laughs> could, could be. We've seen it before. But aside from the keepers, I'm not a fan of their defence at all, um, and also I think centre mid. Is interesting. Like, I think Benton Core is still injured, isn't he? You've got Ondombele still on the books, who, if I was Spurs, I'd just give up on him now. Like, he's clearly got some very good technical ability, but he just doesn't. You've given him more than enough chances, I think. If I if I'm Spurs, I'd be looking to get rid of him. You've obviously got Oliver Skip, who is basically Harry Winks with a few more qualities, so people don't give him such a hard time but I don't think he's particularly brilliant. Basuma was rubbish last season. The Salso's never really come good for them, which is why I keep uh, loaning him out. I think also if Kane does go, they're they're in a world of trouble. I mean, you've got Richarlison last year who, yes, he had quite a few goals disallowed for offside, but he only scored once. That's the fact. Um and they just signed like a 19-year-old Argentinian striker. I mean, he could be brilliant. Uh, it could be like, you know, they're sort of Alvarez. But it could also be too much too soon if he ends up playing some serious minutes. And then the defence, Joe Rodon. I don't know what he's doing, employed by a team that has any aspirations to finish higher than 15th in the Premier League. Same with Jed Spence. I love Jeff Tanganga, but I don't think it's... I don't think he should be still there. Um, Pedro Porro looked like an absolute disaster, which was classic because I thought he was going to be really good. 
Uh, Regulon isn't isn't up to much. Davidson Sanchez, so basically you, a fraud at this point. You, you, Honestly, I just I'm just I just think that overall squad, uh, even though it has some names in it, seemingly I think okay. I think it's actually just not very good. Okay, well, so they're up against Villa here. So they do, have got Madison though. Do we think Villa are? Is this a case of you just think Villa are better? Um, I'm asking the two of you because me and Mike think Spurs are better. Um, Sorry, Ross. uh, Yeah, Mike did a great job. He's convinced me 100%. (laughs) (laughs) And look, I spent the last two weeks with Will telling me about... I mean, I'll let him talk to you about it, but Will has been poisoning me about Aston Villa for two weeks every time I've seen him. And it started to sink in. Uh, I'm not really sure I agree, Dave, that there's squad isn't that good. Playing once a week, this is a good squad. They've got Yeah, they've sorry, got I keep forgetting eight. they'll be playing once a week. Like <laughs> if Kane goes, yeah, it's a like Richardson's not I don't think he's good enough to start for a team that wants to be in the top four. I, I just I just don't think he's anywhere near to being that good. Um but with Kane and Madison uh yeah with yeah with no European football for me, with Villa having European football, I think there's more talent in this Tottenham squad than Villa. I think that's pretty safe to say. Yeah, good job, Mike. I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'm happy to swap them to. Uh... So, um, on Villa, just quickly, with referring to what Ross says, Villa seem to be everybody's dark horse pick for like finishing top four. And I think you've all heard this because I talked about this last week on the podcast. I'm people think the Yuri Tieleman signing is a coup. Yuri Tielemans has played a lot of football since a young age. He's at, he looks he says he's 28, he's actually 39. Um the best thing about Yuri Tielemans is he does the thing that Ollie Watkins is going to love but love best is if he gets the ball in a channel he whacks it and that is going to score Villa quite a few goals. Just is having Yuri Tielemans in there does it give them a better balance? Um, in <laughs> Ross has been doing this every day for two weeks. Um, does it give him a better balance than Louise and Camera does? No, it doesn't. Um, still only 26, 36. I don't care. Look at the minutes. <laughs> um, he's never been my cup of tea, but I don't think he's this game changer for the Villa that takes them from higher up. Um, the signing of Pau Torres worries me. Uh, the, people get really excited about Pau Torres because they're like, oh, he was linked with Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, Man United, Man City. He never signed for them because every single one of those scouting reports said the phrase, he is weak, frail and not good in the air, which <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know we've got the Johan Cruyff, Jugo de possession kind of, everyone's got to be a midfielder. At the end of the day, you go go away to Griffin Park, wherever Brentford play now, and you watch Ethan Pinnock jump at you for 90 minutes, you're just going to get battered. And those are the games when Villa have played on a Thursday and they've got to go play Brentford on a Sunday. Those are the games that lose them points. And that is my thing with the Villa. And the same thing going back to Villa about squad depth and Brighton. I asked my dad who in Villa season ticket holder and he is terrified about this season because he thinks that he's like, every time people predict the Villa to be good, they're shit. And I'm with him. And my biggest worry about them is their only good recognised striker is Ollie Watkins, who is a good player who, um, if he could find the corners more regularly, would be a 20-goal-a-season man. But currently, he's still a bit streaky. And I think we've all been seduced by a bit of hot form last year. It's going to be a lot of minutes, a lot of 
chances for him and you're going to have to rely on Cameron Archer at times. They're just not... I don't feel as confident that Villa are going to score the same amount of goals, for example, as I feel confident that Spurs are going to score. And at the same time, I think the whole idea that Villa are going to be better defensive team with Diego Carlos coming off an ACL and Pau Torres uh, just doesn't work for me. Doesn't work for me. I don't think it's going to be drastically better. And I'll keep repeating my favourite stat of the week, which is that Esri concert is garbage in the air too. So, And every time Tyrone Mings gets taken out of Villa, they're shit. And I hate Tyrone Mings. I can't believe I have to sit on this podcast and defend him, but I do. Because Jesus Christ, everyone seems to forget him. Diego Carlos, really good in the air though. He is, yeah. He is. He is. But um, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, yeah, honestly, listeners... Will has been telling me about Pau Torres. I can't stand legitimately Pau daily. There are there are three current signing. There are three people in the Premier League that everyone keeps trying to tell me are going to be really good. It's Sandra Martinez, who I think's pony. Um, it's uh, it's it's this new version of Thiago Silva that doesn't want to contend for a header. I've got Chelsea fans telling me he's the best centre back in the league. I'm like, he's not even the fourth best centre back at the club, and the other one's Pau Torres. Um, I'm going with Spurs over Villa. Spurs. Deal with it. Lose like it. it. I don't like anything about Spurs. In six. No, I, but... I don't like this either. I'd have had them lower. Absolute fucking losers. Look, it's Chelsea on 44. Dave has them in fourth. Um, Michael Ross has them lower, lower than that. Nkunku's got injured today. Right up until the Nkunku injury, and if they'd sign Kaiseido, I can talk myself into fourth. As it currently stands, I've got them eighth. Could someone else talk about them before I just explode with anger? Well, this is the thing. Nkunku was definitely playing into me, putting them as fourth. However, I do think only playing one game a week really could could help. Um, obviously, Colwell, shit. Colwell was really good at Brighton last year. He he'll be like a new signing. Um, I feel, I I just hold this hope that like players like Mudrick and Sterling, especially Sterling, like just must be better than last year. Like they just like Sterling is not a bad player. Well, Will looks like he's gonna cry. He might actually be crying. I don't know if he's laughing. <laughs> genuinely, uh, I genuinely could cry. Just <laughs> oh. so, well, well, if you're the Chelsea fan and you think that this is a load of nonsense, I'm happy to go with whatever you guys so, actually think of Chelsea. Too late, we've already put them in sick. Here's what I look. <laughs> oh. Look, I've watched more preseason than I've ever watched before, just simply because I was like, I'd like to see us get a few wins on the board. And we did, we won the Premier League Summer Series, I'll have you know. No team that's won the Premier League in the series hasn't gone on to win the league yet. So there you go. <laughs> the, the Chelsea fan on the overlap fan debate was set, set brought that up. What a loser! So um, I think there's a couple of Dave. I think there's, there are a couple of reasons to actually be positive about Chelsea. And the first one is that the last couple of seasons um, they've been really slow, unfit, and they've not been physically intimidating at all and what you would say about this new Chelsea and they are practically a new team based on that the amount of turnover through the door is they are Pochettino has got them quick and running like you're going to 
you will probably be surprised when you first see them in that how much fitter they are and how much ground they cover. Look, if they get Caicedo, and again, this is a big if, and they're starting the back half of their team is Caicedo, Enzo Fernandez, Chilwell, Colwell, Baddy Oshiel or whoever, Reese James. That's a really good back four and that's a really good midfield too. The problem is their keeper's a pony um, and the and the absolute key to making this team work was, was Christopher Nkunku playing off the left wing, connecting people from the number 10. That's all that has worked all season. He's been our top goal scorer mid-season. He's been the, every time he's not on the pitch, it doesn't work. And now he's out for four months. So fuck knows what happens here. The only shining light of this season is that we've got Nicholas Jackson, who actually looks like a striker for once. And he's taken the number 15 shirt because he just clearly wants to be Drogba. But beyond that, Dave, I'm, you talk about Mudrick. Based on the way he's, his current Chelsea career goes, I've, the over-under on him scoring more goals than posting racist TikToks is not good odds for us. Like, he is just a, he's a fruit. But, you know, if you, say, if you sit here at the end of the season and you turn around and you say to me, hey, you know, it's got all right. If they finished fourth, I'd be like, yeah, Pochettino's probably that good with no European football, but fucking hell. So much has to go their way for that to happen. And, oh, oh, one... Oh, one of these days, football clubs will learn to prioritise player welfare over playing on shitty fit services in pre-season and post-season games that really injure the things. Literally, we've just sold Loftus-Cheek, whose entire career was derailed by this shite. Ugh. And we're playing Liverpool on Sunday. And bet your bottom dollar, Reese James gets a knee injury in that one too. Fucking hell. Anyway, Ben Chilwell's going to be really good on fantasy this year, so pick him up. Um... Let's not talk about them anymore because I'm just really angry. Oh, great. It's another team that I'm really angry about. Um, in fifth, we've got Newcastle. Great. Eddie Howe, you've had six months off or whatever. Have you been on Wikipedia? I don't know. Um, who had Newcastle high? Mike, I think you had Newcastle high. No, no Ross did. I had him sixth. Ross had him high. You two had him in sixth. Ross, why are Newcastle going to be good other than the fact that they've had the entire sovereign state of Saudi poured into them? Uh... I mean, they came fourth last year, and I think around that that um, that area of the table, I just think teams are less good. I, Liverpool aren't going to be as good. I think the only team that's sort of around them is going to be United, and I think United are better. I think Newcastle are going to be better than all the teams that, that are just below them that we've just talked about. Um, I think they've strengthened. They've got better squad than they had last year. Now, dealing with the Champions League football, is going to be a massive thing for them with a fair amount of players who have not played Champions League football before. Um, but look, I don't like it. I just think they're going to be better than Chelsea and they're going to be better than Spurs, but not better than the other three that I've got above them. So simple as that, really. So I'm a bit higher on Liverpool than Ross, I think. Uh, so I've got them ahead of Newcastle, which I'm, I'll get on to explaining in a little bit, I think. They are up next. Yeah. Um, the other three I have ahead of them. I also have Spurs ahead of them, which you could probably interchange. But I think the Champions League's the big one. They definitely strengthen the squad. I still just worry a little bit that they've never had to tackle, tackle this before. And I think it's going to be difficult to 
balance everything out because they're going to want to go as far as they can in the Champions League. Like uh, Villa, Brighton, etc. on their little European escapades, they're all going to want to do as well as they can in Europe, which may hinder their league form a little bit. I could see. I could see the league being pushed to the side because they're doing well in the Champions League a little bit after Christmas sort of time. We'll see. That's just, uh, we're just guessing really at this stage, but that would be my guess is that they either make it through the group or they're, they're third in their group and then they get into the Europa League and then you've got Thursday, Sunday or Wednesday, Sunday, uh, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, which is, which they haven't been used to, the Newcastle players. So we don't, they may take to it really well. They may not. I'm, backing that they'll be slightly worse than they were last year, essentially, in the in the league anyway. Despite their squad being better. Those extra games are hard to fill. I still have a real worry about left back for them. I, I don't really I mean, I know Dan Burnham has been fine, but Matt Target, Dan Burn, Paul Dummett. Not really a fan of those left backs. I mean I do like the fact that they went out and bought Tino Livramento. I think that's the kind of signing that we've been talking about them making. I think that's a smart one. The Tonali one's interesting for me. Um, like, from every... I've seen a bit of Sandra Tonali, but I'm not going to pretend to watch him every week. But people are sort of saying, you want him almost moving box to box. So that sounds to me like Bruno Gumarish um, is going to play as the deepest one again. I just think that's a bit of a waste of his talents. Don't know, but like you, Mike, I'm really worried for them in terms of the the extra game load. I mean, they are better. Harvey Barnes is going to make them better. The Harvey Barnes hive. Prayers up for the Harvey Barnes hive. Isaac's going to be really good. They've got goals in them, absolutely. Um, I think probably better than Spurs and Chelsea. I think is probably fair enough. Um, if Bye. Chelsea had in Kunku, I'd feel better. By being worried, I still had them finishing sixth, so they'd still be yeah. in Europe the season after again and then you build again that's the yeah not not that worried about them but I just think they'll they'll cost themselves some points through the season yeah I'm worried about them but not in a footballing aspect um Dave you got anything you want to say about um Saudis sorry Newcastle <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I was saying as my got them as sick I just think those extra games uh they're going to hurt them in the uh, well, hurt their season for the Prem. Uh, I don't think they have enough depth to be fighting on two fronts. Um, like you say, left back, perfect highlighted position. If you need to rest, like Dan Byrne, who already probably isn't Champions League ready. I mean, it's Matt Target or Paul Dummett. Trippier um, can play left back. Let's not forget about that. Yeah, but surely he's played right Shut back up. in the week. He can play left back. Yeah, but. You can't just be relying on Trippier forever. Like, there's got to be someone else playing. And also their midfield uh, rotation. Uh, you know, Sean Longstaff could get a lot of minutes. Um, I mean, he's not an awful player, but it's quite a step down compared to the others that are usually in the midfield there. So, wow, they've got Mankio still. Yeah. My God. It's going, to be in, it's going to be interesting for them. And um, obviously, lots of European football, lots of plane flights, um, lots of things to do on planes. You can either watch well, them. Did you know they still have Jeff Hendrick? 
Yeah, they're good. But um, what I'm saying, Dave, they've got, a lot, <laughs> they've got a lot of time they need to spend on planes, a lot of things that Eddie Howe might be looking forward to. So I'd like to recommend a book for Eddie Howe. Um, it's called Day of the Assassins by Michael Burley. Now, page, you don't have to read it all, Eddie, because I know you're, you're a busy man. Um, page 340 to about page 362 would be really interesting to you. It's about, um, just in case you've particularly got any um, any games in Turkey, because definitely something hasn't happened there with your employers before. Anyway, up next, Liverpool. We got them in fourth. Um, four. Mike, you were the highest on Liverpool, and the other two were about the same. So we're in the same zone, no big variance. Um, why are you highest on Liverpool? And then Ross and Dave, I'm going to come to you for the main concerns about Liverpool. Um, <clears throat> I think it's mainly they really started to come good towards the end of last year. I think there's a good chance that some of that's going to continue into this year. Uh, they have, in one transfer window, transformed their midfield, just totally changed it. Um, whether that's enough remains to be seen. It is still a little bit of a weird midfield, which might be a bit porous. Um, if it's McAllister, Sabozlai and Jones, which I'm assuming is what it's going to be. I think so. <clears throat> Hopefully that's enough for them. We, we will wait and see. I think they could get torn apart in the big games. Their strike force is pretty exciting. Salah, Jota, Nunes, Gakpo, Diaz is, well, that's pretty outrageous. You've got, you can interchange them as and when you please. The defence is, is what it has been. But Liverpool, Alisson in goal. They're a good team. Klopp's good. If that midfield is good enough, they could be really good. And I think, again, not the deepest of squads in, in this particularly midfield and defensive areas, but they've got a lot of goals in this team. And that's really why I think they're better than some of the other teams around them. I think they might be top scorers in the league. They could be. I, I, I know I did this last year, halfway through last year, where I was like, I actually think he's going to be a good player. If you told me Darwin Nunes scored like 20 plus goals in the league this year, I would not be surprised simply from the fact that he's going to get an absolute bucket load of chances. And if he's improved as he started to at the back end of last season, he's going to score some goals. Um, really going to be really interesting. Ross, Dave, Nay says, I think I know what you're going to say. They haven't got a number six. Yeah, there we go. Like, I, I, Curtis Jones had a really strong end to the season and he was a pretty important player for them. But if you're trying to finish third, fourth, uh, and he's the only one they've got. They've got uh, Bajetic, who I think looks really good when he's played, but he's 18. He can't start there and play every week. So I think he'd be okay. But they've been playing Jones there in the preseason. And I just don't think he's quite good enough at that for them to get where they want to go. I totally agree with Mike, though. Like They've got so many, so many good attackers that they're just going to be able to blow teams away and it might not matter too much. But certainly in the bigger games, I think they might struggle. I mean, I mean, they've still got Van Dyke, But I mean, having said that, he's not really the player that he once was. It'd be interesting to see what they do with Trent in terms of will he sort of play inverted like he was at the end of last season. Um, I, I'm just really worried about 
about their central midfield still. You said they've revamped it. They sort of bought a load of new players and then sold a load more of the old players that they had in there. Like Milner's gone and Fabinho's gone, Henderson's gone. It's a revamp. It is, but it's like... <sighs> yeah. they, they missed the big hole, but they did revamp it. <laughs> they've done a classic meal football manager. Like, they've ignored... <laughs> <laughs> the thing they really need to do, they've just gone. They just signed all the <laughs> he's talented offensive players that were available. Oh, yeah. It's really funny how they went into this. They went into this summer transfer window thinking that we might need to replace Fabinho, and they haven't done it. <laughs> just like, and they're like, we're going to buy Romeo Lavia, who I watched a great mic boy, great Carl Ankervin on Romeo Lavia. If you haven't seen it, it's really good. In which Carl Anker basically says, "Yeah, he's a really good eight. He's not a six. You're like, oh, <laughs> Liverpool. Go on, Carl. Kara's very annoyed at this, isn't he? Yeah, he's like, why don't they get Caicedo? I'm like, well, firstly, Caicedo's also not a, a just a normal DM. Um, but yeah, okay. Uh, Dave, have you, as our resident Scouse reporter, you got anything you want to add? Well, yeah, uh, I think the others have summed it up pretty well. Going forward, uh, they're going to be really, really good. Uh, Defence is still solid. Allison's a brilliant keeper, but midfield's just lacking some serious numbers. Um, I think they've had what, like five five midfielders leave, and they've signed two, uh, so they're very very down on numbers, like you say. Um, however, if they do manage to sign maybe like a decent six and even like another option, I'd, I'd be more confident in them. Possibly pushing to Champions League, but at the moment, I can't look past them finishing that high. So fifth is where I've got them. They're just not going to be able to buy a good six now. I, I just can't see who they're going to use they're it linked, out there. They they and United are linked with Amrabat, who I, I, look, I'm not sure he's amazing, but in terms of a stopgap for Liverpool until Pochettich is ready, I like that more than. Whatever it is United are doing, trying to buy him. Mm. Yeah. Don't really understand it from United's perspective, but there we are. I mean, Trent's the only right back they've got as well, so if he goes down. You forget about Joe Gomez. Yeah, so Trent's the only right back they've got. <laughs> if they want if they want a Spanish left back who could potentially play there, we've got one on the books, we'll be happy to send their way. Um, no, no, Joe Gomez will. No. The man can't play centre back, so he certainly can't play uh, right back. Look, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Hopefully, Saudi come in for him for Liverpool. And we can have another one, so these models down the road. Um, so, Mike, we've got United up next. Last week, we talked about Rasmus Hoijand, and I had some things to say about Eric Ten Hag, some of which were friendly, some of which weren't friendly. Um, United. We've all of everyone's got them as third or fourth. Um, is this a third where they're not even in the title race, or is this a third where they're sniffing around with Arsenal and City? Um, <clears throat> I don't think they're in the title race. I don't. I just don't. They've upgraded their keeper. They have a striker in Hoyland. Mount is there. I just, it's a fine team. Are you not? Are you? Are you not big? Are you not infused by Mason Mount? I like Mount. Because I, because I, I, 
the midfield of Fernandez, Mount, and Casemiro probably should excite me, but it, I don't think it works. I, I will may well be proved totally wrong about this. Is Mount a box to box midfielder? Yeah. That is best okay. he is. He's a connector so, rather than a goal scorer. So can we rely on him in big games to sit near Casemiro? We can. Okay. Now I can get more excited about that. That's good news for me. Uh Hoyland's out injured for a bit, which means we may well be playing Sancho or Garnacho. Oh man. No, look. We're fine. We'll probably be in the top four. I don't think we're in the title race. We should get. We should be a bit closer this time, but I don't think we're we're really challenging. Does anyone else want to say something about United before I say my anger at them again? No, good to go. Well, thanks. I just don't understand Man United, and I know we do this every year, but so. A lot of teams in this league have spent a lot of money. Um, Chelsea, in particular, have spent a lot of money. But what Chelsea have done is completely remade a team. So it's almost like they're, start, almost like they're starting from scratch in a weird way. Although they should be better than they are. Not divulging of that. United consistently add positions of quality to positions of team and consistently spend money and, ha- and they're not challenging for a league title. It, it just baffles me. And, it baff- and their summer transfer business baffles me too i actually think this summer's been better um i think the keeper's better i think mount is i i think he's a perfect player mike i really do think that now mount is not gonna have to just to try and score an assist every game because he's trying to fight against decades of inept squad building and management of a football club at chelsea he's <laughs> you actually get able to see that he's a really good number eight and that is where he should play at all time and the best thing about him is he's going to cover for the fact that Eric Ten Hag can't coach an off the ball structure and he's just going to work really hard because fuck knows none of the rest of the team are asked about working hard um look the biggest problem for me with Man United and the reason why I think they could they're going to struggle versus Arsenal and City they've got no zip like I know Eric Ten Hag is talking about transition and mountain Fernandez will help there, but out wide, I just like none of the options other than Rashford. I just, I don't, everyone, I don't see it with Garnacho yet. I'm sure that's just me being me, and I just cannot get over for the for life of me. And I know we spent 100 million on a a bloke with racist TikToks, but the Anthony signing, I think, is I want to go back and retrospectively award that the worst signing of last year because. He is abysmal. He can't beat a man. He do, he's got one move and it's just, it doesn't work. I, they're not there, I agree, but they should be getting closer. And if we're sat here next year and we're not having a serious conversation about them challenging for the title, I think something's gone really wrong with United. That's, they suck. That is definitely where we need to be. But yeah, we suck. They suck. I'm looking and I'm looking forward to when they inevitably get pumped up seven nil at least once this season, and we get to come on this podcast and get really annoyed. It's well, we Liverpool. really, it's Liverpool. We really have to stop doing that. That has got to stop happening. Also, what needs to stop happening? These United Twitter tacticos who start talking to me about they start going, "Oh, these Eric Ten Hag's using a half back," and I'm like, actually watch football and realise that Eric Ten Hag's success last year was just smashing it long to a quick striker. Football's a very simple game. Dave, I'm going to move on to the Arsenal. Is that alright with you? 
Yep. Okay, cool. As a closet Arsenal fan, I want to give you an opportunity to speak about them, you see. Um, Arsenal are on 57 points, which means somebody had them uh, as winning the league. I wonder who that was. Yes. Um, Dave, why do you think Arsenal are going to fall short of winning the title? How close do you think they'll be? I think they'll be... I think they'll be up there in the challenge. Um, I, yeah, I mean, Declan Rice is a massive signing. Uh, obviously, we discussed the signings at length last week, so I'm pretty pretty conscious not to go for each one of them again. But yeah, obviously one massive signing. Um, but when you compare to City, I mean, City's team's just a joke. Um, I think, obviously, Arsenal are... A very good team in their own right. I just don't believe that they're. Cl- I mean, is anyone close to City's level? I mean, they're definitely they're definitely getting better themselves. They're improving, but I don't think they're at a point of being even really on the same. Yeah, the same level as City. Having said that, I do think they will build on last season, um, and they will be able to. To challenge to a point, I just when I say challenge, like they might keep it within five points or so, uh, which I think is a little marginally better than last year. Um, but I'd, I'd be, I'd personally be surprised if it's something going down to like last last day of the season. Um, I just think they will be still really good. Uh, they've made some some moves that should make them better. Um, and obviously they were, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think they're good. I just think they're not great. And Man City are great, basically. So that's why I think they're second. Second for me too. Yeah, They're really good. City are just a joke. City not as good as last year, though. I don't, I don't think they're going to be as good as last year. Look, Gundogan... But- they have they've failed miserably to try and replace what he gave them. They've replaced a probably the best goal scoring central midfield player in the league with possibly the worst goal scoring central midfielder in the league. And like Kovacic is probably gonna look good when they're passing the ball around in the midfield, but I mean I mean they're not gonna struggle for goals, obviously. But Mares as well. Although he doesn't play every week, I, I know they're, they're after a lease or whatever. But as as of this moment, they don't have someone. They haven't bought anyone to Big replace. Big Phil's him. ready to step in. Coventry saying Dave's saying Coventry is going to be really good for them, but good to good gave them goals from there, and they don't have any goals now in midfield. Well, they got De Bruyne, da- obviously. I'm ignoring him, but down the stretch, Gundo is oh goated. elite. Elite. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just look. I, I mean, City are probably going to win the league. I, I knew you two would say City, so I said Arsenal. I mean, I can't go any other way than say City until they no, don't look, win it. Yeah, no, I, and I, I get that hundred percent. And City are probably going to win it again, but I think they're just not going to be as good. And I think there's a chance we might be a little better. And we were reasonably close last year. Like, I think it'll be close. But I mean, I think City are going to win it. But I knew it wouldn't matter what I said, so I just put Arsenal. So yeah, I'd back what Ross just said. I'm very much hoping that Arsenal win the league. 
because no team in Premier League history has won it four in a row. And this is this would be four in a row if City won this one. So can you do us all a favour, Ross? Just win oh, the league for us. I'll give you all we got, mate. Thanks. Give you 110. <laughs> That's bleak, isn't it? When City might win the league four times in a row. I actually think City are worse than last year. I don't think they're even fucking close. Uh, watching them, I know it's only the Community Shield and De Bruyne didn't start. What a trophy, though. Sorry, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm forgetting how many he's got. Like, he forgets a drug test. What a loser. Um... <laughs> Dave says that Dave says that Kovacic is going to be really good. I could not agree less. I think Kovacic is going to be a good player um, for what City need in that third central midfield role kind of thing. He's a clear step down from Gundogan, and he's even a clear step down from when Bernardo Silva plays there. He's a good player. I go back to when we were talking about Nunes earlier. He doesn't defend well enough. He's tracking of off the ball runners is abysmal, and he does not offer anything going forward. You watch City at the weekend. You watch that. You watch Rodri and Gundogan, Rodri and Kovacic in that pivot trying to launch attacks. Honestly, we've not seen an offensive that bad since the French 1938. Dave, eh? remember that? Good times. Um, yeah, when I was there. <laughs> you were there, yeah. Um, so I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be worse. But at the end of the day, they've got a centre forward who can score you thirty goals, and they've got Kevin De Bruyne. And Foden's got a step up, and but I think he will make that step up. They've still got good players. My biggest concern about Arsenal is that they don't have a centre forward. I like they like and. That's all well and good when it's like last season when Saka's chipping in with 15, Odegaard's giving you 15, Martinelli's giving you 12, Jesus gives you nine. That's fine. But if they had a centre forward that you could look to and you're like, you're like, right, I'm nailing you down for 20 league goals every season, I'd be like, sat here going, they win, right, Arsenal win the league, they'll piss it, in fact. But they don't have that. And as we covered on last week's podcast, I like one of their signings. I'd like to run back a bit on Timber. I thought he was really impressive. Um, he also looked way better than the last time I saw him play at Ajax, where he looked like a, a cocker spaniel running around without his lead. Like it was just abysmal what we saw from him. Um, but he looked really good at the weekend. Um, it was a classic Kai Havertz performance. Um, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, but yeah, I had City and I had Arsenal second. But like Mike says, it's kind of like a... You don't want to move City out because they've been what they are. Well, you do want to move them out. Yeah, no, I'd like to move them out in the league. Them and Newcastle. Please, someone move them out. Yeah. And also, Mares letting him go. I would never let him go. I'll tell you what. But if he fancies coming back six months alone to the bridge while Nkunku's off, title charge, I'm telling you. Well, it's going to be really funny when we buy Neymar. Um, if you. If you want to oh be, please! The you want to be, be so good. If you want to be, you wait till I walk in, and I'm like, I think there's a case that Neymar was better. Neymar's better than Kaka ever was, and Dave just loses his shit. Um, All right, Neymar. I think he's incredibly underrated. He's a brilliant player. I'm not sure he's incredibly underrated. I think he. I think he might be better than Ronaldinho too. While I'm at it, I think he is underrated. Honestly, Robson Green. useless. The guy's never available. Well, yeah, and he's been playing in the Farmers years. League for quite a while. Now. Look, 
We're going to have to start. We're going to have to start walking this back, given that everyone from League One comes over and actually plays well in the Premier League, as opposed to like the Bundesliga, which is an actual farmers' league. In fact, the Bundesliga is not a farmers' league. It's just like an energy drink league. It's just full of people who stay up all night. You know, bit of running, not doing much. Have a tensing. You know, oh, if, I I'll tell you what, fucking Tenzing, if you want to sponsor us, we're there. Um, right, that's the end of this podcast. I'm going to read off the list and I'll tell you guys, I want you guys to tell me how you feel about it. Right, we've got City in first, Arsenal second, Man United third, Liverpool fourth, Newcastle fifth, Chelsea sixth, Spurs seventh, Villa eighth, Brighton ninth, Brentford tenth, Fulham eleventh, West Ham, West Ham in twelfth. Thirteenth is Dave's favourite, Crystal Palace, in number fourteenth with Sherwood Forest. In fifteenth, we've got Burn Layer. In sixteenth, we've got Bournemouth uh, in 17th we've got Sean Dyche's Everton in 18th we've got Gary O'Neill's Wolves in 19th we've got Sheffield United and in 20th we've got Dave's favourite team in history Luton Town how do you feel do you feel confident with that one do you feel like there's any glaring ones that you'd like to move pretty happy with that no, I'm, I'm happy good. with it good I'm not we'll see if we're happy in nine months but yeah I think um, we will be does, before we go does anybody want to make a wild prediction for the season just like one of those ones where it'll have a bit of an amnesty. You can say whatever you want. Oh, like my Leicester will go down. I then yeah. Crashed out. Yeah. <laughs> you can say whatever you want and we won't bring it back up to you. This is a safe space. Have you got a prediction you'd like to get off your chest? Ooh. Shall I, shall I get my one off? Yeah, you go. Um, Give us a second. Deserby gets sacked. <laughs> Like they can't, oh. they are like they lo- they've lost Colwell, they lose Caicedo. It's one of the one of their big players goes down with an injury. They can't cope with the grind. Deserby gets sacked. My second one is Frank Lampard gets sacked. He's not in a job right now, but he will get sacked. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought I missed something. Then who's he manager? Yeah, I'll tell you where he's primed to end up. Wrexham. There you go. I've got I've got Potter going in at um, Crystal Palace mid-season too, by the way. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, those strikers are made for Potter, aren't they? Yeah, they Went are. Everton to make Europe. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that, Mike. That's, I love that one. That's really How good. How about Luton to stay up? No, but do you actually think that could happen? There has to be some oh, tips to Mike just said Everton happen. for Europe. Yeah, I think it could happen. Oh, my God. They could get Conference League. I mean, it is I'm not giving it a high percent chance, but there's a percent. Or maybe half a percent. Arsenal win the league. There you go. Oh, wow. That's so bold. Isn't it? <laughs> it is a bit, yeah. Oh, dear. Dave, yeah, any Blues that... predictions for us? You can have your Blues corner for two seconds. Okay, Blues will make the playoffs. I mean, for once, I'm not actually that flabbergasted at that claim. Tom Brady on board, anything could happen, you know? Yeah, I'm meaning to reach out to him to ask if he can play up front because we could do a striker. You need him to play DM, just spray the balls around. No, we'll I mean, put him up top. He's like, like 45 now, 46. Trust me, he's better than what they've got. I believe. Get him in yeah. goal. Just have him launching it. <laughs> That'd be fun. That video keeps popping up on my feed and I just enjoy it every time it comes up. So good. 
If Everton make Europe, by the way, I'm I'm retiring from the pod. Look, <laughs> I want some. I want to bet on that, Mike. And you can Russ, don't I, cash it out. Russ, I okay. need a I need a wild one from you, but that you think could actually happen. Like a, I need one where you feel about it. You just you feel. My other one is every top six manager is still in post by the end of the season. Every big six, that is. I don't think that's a wild thing at all. Well, I also, think Eddie, Howe, I also think Eddie Howe could get sacked. So. I'd like I, him so, to I certainly sacked. think Eddie Howe could get sacked. I'd like him to get sacked. Give him a bit of time. I don't know. I mean, you just <laughs> chucked this at us about two minutes ago. Yeah. Um, Fulham to make top six. I got one for you, Will. I've just digested Dave. Go on. Pal Torres leads Aston Villa to the Champions League. There you go. Okay. Fair enough. Through. Wait, what are, what are Villa in? The Conference. Conference League. Conference League. So they have to get it through. Okay, the what league. about Villa win the Conference League? Oh, I think Villa win in the Conference League anyway. Probably yeah, the best team in it. That's that bold. We didn't talk about it. But they got Moussa Diaby. He's really good. Yeah, really they got good. Some, they, got some, they got some really good players, and Pau Torres. I mean, Unai Emery, the king of the lesser European trophy. He is. Um, Let's get out of here. Sp- yeah, I was going to say, speaking of lesser European trophies, this is a lesser podcast. Uh, Mike, if the people want to keep up with you to find out more about So Rare, where can they do so? Uh, at Mikey Breslin on Twitter. Oh, Dave- X, sorry. X. Oh, on X, yes, apologies. Um, Dave, if the people want to keep up with you to find out more about um, your adventures with underage women, where can they do that? <laughs> That was a joke. Just clarifying, that was a joke. <laughs> Dave, where can the people keep up with you? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Look at Stablery, it sounds like. <laughs> you see, that's a little... If anyone has made yeah, it to one hour 50 in. You can find me at West Midlands Police on X. <laughs> Ross, if the people want to follow you to keep up with uh, how you're doing on Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Where can <laughs> Uh, yeah, and if you want to keep up with me, just going through hilarious amounts of copium while Nicholas and Cuckoo's out. Nicholas and Cuckoo, yeah, Nicholas and Cuckoo, we'll go with that. Uh, it's at Wilhunt17 on X, but please don't follow us there. Please instead follow us on all the social medias except the threads, but we'll sort that out at in and around pod at gmail.com or just at in and around pod on the actual social medias. You got questions in and around pod at gmail.com or if you want to talk to Dave, just Take a letter, put the front to, for the care of Operation Unitary. <laughs> <laughs> or just download Hinge. Yeah, I'll download uh, Hinge. No. He's on Grinder, he's on Childminder. <laughs> oh my God. Right, until next time. Sayonara. <laughs> the Jackal.